before you go and paste yourself to the side of another human being, you should probably look at this vertical relationship with Jesus first and say, okay, God, who do you want me to be? What do you want me to know? How do you want me to be comfortable in my own skin before I start seeking any other kind of relationship that's out there? Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Indo Podcast Show. My name is Isaac, your host, and today I'm with the lovely Brittany. Hey, guys. Uh, we are in a brand new series today. It's a two-week series in which uh, Grant Fishbook, he's the teaching pastor at Christ the King Church in Bellingham, he came up and did two episodes with us. It was awesome. And it's all on Christian dating. Ooh. Yeah, so very that I told her that she should do that after mm-hmm. I say that. Yeah. Anyway, so Christian dating. This week's podcast is sort of looking at just... The basics. So what are the kind of biblical principles for Christian dating? You know, is it even found in the Bible? That kind of thing. Very basic kind of the foundations. Next week, we're actually doing a Q&A where we'll be gathering a whole bunch of different questions about dating today in the 21st century. Uh, and then Grant will be answering those questions. So it's a lot of fun. If you didn't hear, last week we chatted with Jazzy Verk. Uh, she is a young adult Christian from the Vancouver area. And uh, she had an amazing testimony uh, growing up in a Sikh home, going to the temple, going to Sikh school, everything like that. And then she became a Christian and she's now a Christian leader at her church and everything, which is awesome. And that was part of our Look at the God series. So if you didn't hear uh, anything, any one of our podcasts on the Look at the God series, I... I uh, really recommend you go back and listen to them. It was awesome. We learned about Buddhism, Confucianism, and Islam, and Sikhism. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, this week, though, we are talking Christian dating. And I thought before Grant comes on, uh, it'd be kind of fun just to talk a little bit about us. Yeah. Because we are married, which means we did date. We did. Uh, we did date. I Usually people don't meet each other like immediately and get married. Maybe, maybe some people, some do. people do. I shouldn't yeah. say that. Uh, hey, some people do. Arranged marriages are still a thing. They are a thing. And I if should. my parents had their way, we probably would have been married a lot sooner. You know what? That's our parents. <laughs> they knew before we knew. They totally knew before. <laughs> that wasn't know. fair. So I, I actually, we'll make this pretty quick, but I, I met Brittany uh, about six, six years ago. And uh, she was in the library at the Bible college. She had just, she was a new student. And uh, I went in there and I looked at her and I said, oh, she's she's cute. And usually Bible college males, first year Bible college male students, that's sort of, they're sort of on the prowl. They're looking which for a wife. They are, they are kind of looking for a yep. wife. Um, and, and I'm just speaking. if you say you're not, you're lying to yourself. Oh, I know. I know. And that's why I'm sort of just <laughs> saying to everyone listening that that's really what every single Bible college male uh, is thinking. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I saw her and I wanted to chat with her. And uh, from that point on, we sort of created a little bit of a friendship, but it wasn't like a really, we weren't spending time uh, one-on-one or anything like that. It was a very friendly relationship. You I think were... we just like smiled at each other in class. Like that was the extent of our friendship yeah. until tour. Yeah. And even <laughs> when I would start to message her and stuff and try to like get a little bit, you know, uh, try to, you know, Get closer to you somehow. <laughs> you you did put up the barriers a lot. You used the friend a lot, like, hey, friend. And yeah. every time I read that, it would just be like, ouch. Like, I know. I was really, you know, prioritizing establishing a friendship with you, you first, which is what Grant is going to talk about a little bit. He, he, he is, yes. Uh, <laughs> but it's very true. But eventually, uh, there came a point in, in our relationship where I called her and asked her out. You, I'm talking to this. <laughs> I'm I right asked here. you out, and you said you got to think about it. But then the next day, you said yes, right. and we went out twice, sushi, and uh, what was the coffee? Coffee. That was right. Coffee. That was at yeah. the time. Um, and 
I mean, you can... Well, and then I gave you the sad news that I... Basically, I had to dump you. Yeah. I'm not proud of that moment, um, looking back, but it needed to happen at that time. It did. Because I wasn't ready. Yeah. I thought I was really mature, but I really wasn't that mature. And that... I drove home that day um, very heartbroken. And to be honest, and I told you about this about a month ago, that that week when I got home, or that two weeks... I was like watching so many romantic movies <laughs> on Netflix in bed. I watched The Notebook for the first time and I was bawling. I don't know if you want to share this to all of our listeners. <laughs> I did. I watched some of them because I was so, and I mean, that's not the, maybe the best thing probably to do. I was still Did you maturing. eat a bucket of ice cream too? No, I did not eat okay. a bucket of ice cream. Okay. Anyways, um, so then finally, after two years, I, you know, I was getting a little older and I wanted to meet someone and there were different people that I were thinking about. And then one of my friends said, hey, our friend, our friend, we had a mutual friend, we had a mutual friend. He said, hey, have you thought about Brittany lately? And I said, well, no, because she dumped me and I haven't thought about her. And then he said those words that sparked my fire again for you. He just said, (laughs) well you know, don't think that the door is is shut yet. And then from that point on that I messaged you and then, you know, we, then for a year we dated, we were yeah. dating for six months, six then months. we got engaged and then and everything like that. So, and then we got married. And then we got married. So that's sort of our dating story. Now there's lots to talk about there, but obviously we want to get to Grant, but um, maybe for another podcast, we can talk about some of the things that worked well and didn't work well yeah. in our dating relationship. That'd be a lot of fun. Anyways, at this point though, let's listen to uh, Grant Fishbook. I'm in the studio today with Grant Fishbook, one of three teaching pastors, lead teaching pastors at uh, Christ the King Church in Bellingham. Hi, Grant. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Great. And uh, it was great. I just I just met him. He's just in the studio today, and I'm super happy to have him. I've actually kind of done a little bit of, uh, I told him I, I Facebook stalked him a little bit, and and uh, <laughs> and uh, Christ the King just went to the church and watched some of his sermons, and uh, he just seems to be like a great guy. So now I'm going to wait and see if you are going to be a great guy. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out, yeah. Uh, why don't you just tell, let me know and uh, our listeners know just a little bit about you. You said you're actually born in Canada. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and how you came to know Christ as well. Yeah. So I'm a Canadian flatlander, grew up in Manitoba in a little town called Brandon, married a girl from Saskatchewan when I was at Briarcrest Bible College. And uh, so I have deep Canadian roots, very much love to come across the border. I'm a missionary to the United States and uh, somebody's got to win those people to Christ too. Right. So <laughs> I've been down there for about 20 years and I uh, grew up in a little Baptist church in Brandon, Manitoba, Faith Fellowship Baptist. Uh, my folks were a part of the original planting team. So I did, the, I think, the typical pre-processed Christian thing and then went through one of those subtle spiritual crises where the faith of my parents, did I really want to make it my own? Did I not? Started picking holes. I'm a natural skeptic. Like to ask questions. I don't like the status quo. I don't like bumper sticker answers. And so really started pressing in, went for a nice wandering faith journey filled with all different kinds of doubts, questions. And I think it was sincere doubt. Like, God, I I just really want to know whether this is real or not. And ended up walking a great big circle and coming right back to the foundation that was placed in me as a young person, fell back in love with my Bible. Um, I'm a natural storyteller. Some people would say grew up as a chronic liar, and I know what God does to liars. He either puts them in politics or he turns them into pastors, one of the two. (laughs) And so um, I've been telling stories about Jesus ever since because telling stories that didn't lead to hope, uh, well, they were hopeless. And so just went in a different direction. 
That's amazing. How long was your time kind of in this skeptic sort of doubting stage? You know, I would say it probably spanned that whole, you know, 16 up through. I went into Bible college as, as like my hand was wide open saying, I don't mm. know whether I really truly believe and buy into this or not. So I had a lot of questions, but there was always that bedrock foundation that right. had been laid there years before that as much as I resented at the time. Yeah. It was bedrock for me. Wow. And so I ended up just coming back to that bedrock and that foundation. And I am so unbelievably thankful for it to this day. That's so cool. Well, thank you. That's great. Hey, so we're talking today about uh, a topic called Christian dating, Hmm. right? And uh, sometimes when uh, that topic gets brought up, People start to wonder, okay, so should I, you know, do I just read I Kiss Dating Goodbye by Joshua Harris? Or what, what, how do we, how do we figure this out in our head, what Christian dating is? So that's the topic for today. And we have Grant today just to help us uh, hopefully understand just some principles from the Bible to help with this subject. So if you're listening today and you just started, you know, considering to date, maybe you're a, a young person, 19, 20, 21 years old, and you're, you're considering dating. Maybe you're asking the question, how do I go about doing this? What can I uh, glean from the Bible to help me in this? What should my intentions be? Some of these, some of these questions. So for this first uh, uh, two episodes, we're going to be getting into, uh, into Christian dating. So the first question is this, is dating referred to in the Bible? I would say no. In fact, I mean, you can Google, you know, dating in the Bible, and you're going to get a lot of blank is what you're going to get. There's not a whole lot there. And so, uh, you know, the social construct at the time was not about... It wasn't about dating. This wasn't the way it was. It was right. often that there was a different social architecture that was placed around it. So this is more of a modern phenomenon, but the Bible does have a lot to say about biblical character and holiness right. and health, which is which actually means the Bible has a has a lot to contribute when it comes to the dating construct that people are dealing with today. Right. So what then what would you say are some of those biblical principles, those underlying kind of bedrock principles? Uh, for for dating then? Well, having some experience, I've got a 23 and a 21-year-old. Oh, man, um, you're right there. there we're right there. Um, <laughs> and, and our church it has a large college population. And so I have a lot of this dialogue with young people all the time. And one of the things that, that I think, you know, Scripture keeps calling us to is it's not about focusing on the person you're trying to find. It's about focusing on the person you're trying to be. And, and so when we really, really press into that, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about your heart and your character and your integrity and your passion and what, what, what is God looking for in you? Because I don't believe you can be a dateable person hmm. uh, until you've actually done some of that really key identity work deep in the bottom. And so I think one of the things that I see that young people are really struggling with today is they want to hurry into this process. They want to move very, very quickly. And uh, one of my favorite verses, I'm going to actually do a series this fall on the Song of Solomon. Wow. And Song of Solomon chapter 8, verse 4 says, you're actually supposed to wait and let love tell you when it's ready mm-hmm. to mature. And I, and I see people, you know, just like, well, I'm going to go experiment with the dating world. Well, that's just a recipe for disaster because if you're experimenting, you don't really know the purpose of it in the first place. And so who are you as a, as a human being? Who are you as a follower of Christ? And if you've done that hard, healthy work inside of yourself to establish your own identity before you start going and looking, you know, before you, you go and, 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 and paste yourself to the side of another human being, you should probably look at this vertical relationship with mm. Jesus first and say, okay, God, who do you want me to be? Right. What do you want me to know? How do you want me to be comfortable in my own skin before I start seeking any other kind of relationship that's out there? Right, right. So I would say it starts with identity. Starts with identity. And for for someone listening, and you know, they start asking those questions. Uh, 
do think they should feel secure in those questions of who I am and all everything before they even consider going out. I guess that's what I'm hearing you say. I would encourage them to, to actually be thinking that direction. I think it's very, very important. Right. Um, you know, before you involve another human soul, right? are you at peace in your own soul with mm. who God created you to be, the unique package that is you, um, the unique flavor that you bring into a relationship? Have right. you dealt with previous insecurities? Have you dealt with your own issues? Have you dealt with some family of origin type stuff right. um, that can really lead you to a place where you can say, you know, I'm very comfortable with who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, before people start that whole idea of I want to bring another human being into my life, have you dealt with the God of the universe? And are you comfortable with your singleness? Right. Um, I want to remind people all the time, Jesus was single. It seemed to work very well for him. Yeah. Uh, we don't know 100% for sure, but the indications are that Paul was single as well. Yeah. So are you comfortable in your own single skin, right. knowing that marriage is not an antidote to singleness? It doesn't mm. work that way, right? That's good. And yet our culture keeps telling us, well, as long as you're married, it's going to take care of all the issues. Right. That's just lunacy. Because right. when you think about what marriage actually is, you know, it's too broken sinners coming together and expecting to peacefully coexist. Well, that's just nuts. (laughs) I mean, actually, that's why I would say marriage is a miracle, because the fact that two human beings can actually pursue that and the picture that God has given them, that's crazy. So as a single person, are you healthy? Do you have a healthy perspective on God? Do you have a healthy perspective on yourself? Are you living in those disciplines where your spiritual life is vibrant? Because I'll tell you what, a vibrant spiritual life is a great filter mm. through which to be able to look at human relationships. That's amazing. So say, say you're a young adult then, and uh, your view of God is, is good, mm-hmm. and you're, you're good with yourself, you know your singleness. How, do, how does that person then uh, view dating? What is dating to them? Because uh, it's not just this going to jump into this experimentation kind of place. How yeah. should they view dating once they're comfortable with who they are in Christ? Well, I think a part of it is exactly what you just said. It's not a social experiment. Right. And people who see it as a social experiment, I think, actually go out and they run the risk of being damaged. Mm. And they run the risk of damaging other people's because there's another human soul attached to every relationship that you're connected into. And so I would say that as, as a person goes out and spreads their wings socially, that having a, an, an opportunity to fall in like with somebody is great. In fact, <laughs> I told my kids, fall in like all you want to. Just you can like this person and like that person and have a broad social construct. And then if love awakens itself all on its own, you're going to know it. Right. And then you're going to pursue with a mature, healthy perspective on yourself and the other person an opportunity to investigate this beautiful thing called friendship. Right. Which ultimately, you know, you hear the cliche all the time, I really want to marry my best friend. Yeah. And I would say, yes, you do. Yeah. You actually do want to marry your best friend. Well, the precursor then would be an actual living, vibrant friendship that reflects God in the same way that you have a friendship with Jesus, you would have a friendship with this other person. Right. Where I'm not experimenting with your soul. Yeah. I'm actually asking... I'm asking great questions about you, and we're going to actually go on a journey together and find out whether or not something can grow out of this. Right. If it does, great. If it doesn't, you still have a beautiful friendship to be able to right. thank God for. That's good. So what you just said there, though, that's like very ideal if you're able to like pursue, but then find out, oh, maybe this isn't going to be the right for marriage. How, how do you do that well? In, like You hear a lot of stories of people yeah. breaking each other's hearts right there. Yeah. Um, so how do, you, how do you kind of do that well and carefully? You know, I think a part of it is actually finding social constructs where other people are maturely trying to follow Jesus at the same time. Mm. I mean, I see people all that just breaks my heart when I see, especially college students and young adults, 
going into environments where there are equally broken people right. and thinking that somehow out of that you're going to be able to find this amazing connection. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we care about small groups, community groups inside of our, our churches, we want to actually help give opportunity for people to meet other healthy people. Yeah. Because healthy people will find each other. Yeah, that's right. You know, and yeah. everybody has a tragic story of, well, I went into this environment, what I found was just a whole bunch of other broken, healthy pe- uh, broken unhealthy people. Mm-hmm. And so what we tell people is, you know, as you find your way into these social constructs, if you keep pursuing Jesus with everything that you have, you're going to find other people who are doing the same. You're also going to run into a lot of people who are not. Yeah. But if you have the right biblical filter that yeah. says, okay, this is what a healthy human being looks like. Right. They have a passion for Christ. They have a vital prayer life. Yeah. They know the word. They're comfortable in their own skin. Those yeah. kinds of things actually attract as well. Yeah. And so... If you find healthy constructs mm-hmm. and you're healthy, yeah. you're going to find other healthy people in those constructs. So right. stay there and stay faithful for a long period of time. You might be surprised who God brings across your path. That's amazing. Now, th- you probably just kind of answered the question, but maybe you can speak into this specifically. Should someone wait to date until they feel ready for marriage? Or is that even, is someone can someone be ready for marriage? Well, you know? That's a great question. And that's why I think, you know, this invisible idea of of a godly biblical friendship has mm. kind of disappeared. It's almost right. passe anymore. It's just like, well, no. Um, you know, I, I think people get twisted in the idea that I, I can't even dip my toe into social relationships until I'm ready for this. But at the same time, how, how do you know you're ready? And how do you pursue that? And yeah. I think the way you pursue it is by pursuing biblical friendship with people. Cool. You find a group of people that you love, that you love, that you can thrive with, that you like to to go out and experience adventure. And I mean, we live in the Pacific Northwest of the states. We live in the Lower Mainland of British Columbia. You and I, at least, lots of opportunities for us to go out and yeah. investigate friendship and try new things. And then if something comes along on top of that, well, thank God for that. Yeah, that it's exactly. a blessing that comes out of that. But I would really encourage people. I don't think there's a, you know, there's a best before date right? Right. when it comes to relationships or the human That's heart. So good. I just think you need to open your heart and say, God, I'm open. I'm not actively pursuing because that always seems to go wrong. <laughs> I'm not chasing this. Yeah. I'm going to chase you. Yeah. I'm going to pursue my relationship with Christ. And if God in his sovereignty brings somebody alongside who has an equal degree of passion, right. um, one of the things that's heartbreaking for me is we have so many young ladies in our church. Mm-hmm. Just looking for a godly guy who wants to pursue Jesus more than they want to pursue the girl. And I don't think guys really seem to get it. And I keep telling them, guys, the young ladies in our church are not looking for somebody who wants to just pursue them. They're looking for someone who's pursuing Jesus. And then as a part of that health, they have an open heart and an open door. And if God brings the two of them together, then it's a beautiful thing. Because then yeah. you've got two people pursuing Jesus together. Amen. That's so good. And that's how it works. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, kind of the other way, um, I recently got married in gen- January oh, great. Uh, to like my best friend. And uh, and one of the most attractive things about her, I mean, she's she's beautiful and all these other things. Her personality is great. But man, her love for Jesus is the the most attractive thing about her. Yeah, the my, most attractive thing. my wife actually didn't want anything to do with me when we first met really? because I wasn't pursuing Jesus. And she could see that I had work to do in my own soul. I had character issues, character flaws. And she was mature enough and godly enough to step away and say, I'm not, I'm not going there until you figure out this other piece. Because more than wanting you to love me, I want you to love Jesus. Because right. that's the only way it's going to work. Right. 
when it comes to, I mean, you can't love a daughter of God until you love God first, so good. not in a healthy construct. That's so good. Hey, just what you just said there, that personal illustration there, what can you sort of uh, encourage young adult women then who like a guy, because obviously your, your wife mm-hmm. must have liked you, but how can you encourage women when they see this guy they like, but they're not quite, they know that the guy's not quite mature yet? Yeah. I think a part of being a healthy person is having healthy boundaries. Right. And my wife had healthy boundaries. She just understood that there was a brokenness in my soul that God needed to deal with before she wanted anything to do with it. And mm-hmm. so if I was speaking to young ladies, if I was talking to my daughter, yeah. if McKenna was sitting here right now, and I'm thankful, she is a wonderful young man in her life, but... She was mature enough to be able to look for this dream in Alex that he wanted to be a follower of Christ first. So I would say to young ladies, have healthy boundaries. Be willing to step away. Mm. When you see a character flaw or a character issue, be willing to step away and view yourself as someone that's worthy uh, to be waited for. Right. you know, we, we, we have an amazing uh, young adult ministry, and one of our leaders there always keeps saying, you know, I, I, want, I want the daughters of God to understand that they're a princess, not because they're going to find a prince someday. They're a princess because their heavenly father is a king. That's amazing. That's great. So hold on to that and be willing to sacrifice for the sake of, I want someone in my life who is going to pursue Christ in everything because you're only going to be the benefactor of that vital relationship with Jesus. To finish this this episode here, why don't you just uh, tell us or answer the question, how can, how can knowing and looking to Jesus and his gospel help those who've been hurt from, from past relationships? Well, I think, you know, everybody carries with them a certain level of wounding. I know I certainly did. And to find answers, healing, confession, and repentance in that relationship with Christ, that's where the healing truly comes in. And so, you know, if you have a wound, you have a heart wound, the answer is not to go out and find another broken sinner in order to try and fix that wound. And so I encourage, you know, all those of us that carry heart wounds, which we all do at certain levels, whether it's a family wound or a father wound or a, or a wound from a relationship that wasn't healthy enough, when you bring that to the foot of the cross and say, God, I need you to heal this, I think that's a part of pursuing Jesus in everything too, which is, God, would you be willing to get your hands dirty in the mess that is my heart right now? Would you help me to focus in the right way and to pursue you with everything? Because that's the only place you're going to find healing that actually lasts. Yeah. You can delay dealing with pain, but you can never defer it completely. Yeah. And so as we come with our broken wounds and we say, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to be completely honest and open with how broken my heart actually is. And then I'm going to stay here. Um, I had a good friend that I went to college with who was a prolific songwriter. She wrote a song once called The, the Holiness of Loneliness. And I think there's a human loneliness inside of each one of us that can only be met in Christ. But once it is met in Christ, then what we find is we're actually better suited for human relationship because we've dealt with that loneliness that pushed us deeper and deeper into the fabric of who Jesus is. And that's where we find healing and hope for the future. So So take the wound to him and then let him heal it. And then whether or not another human being comes into the story, leave that to God's sovereignty and timing. Well, thank you so much, Grant. Next week, we're going to come back uh, again with Grant, and we're going to go over some of the uh, questions that we all want answers for when it comes to Christian dating. So thank you so much, Grant, for being here today. Thank you. My pleasure. That was Grant Fishbrook talking to me about Christian dating, the basics, the sort of uh, biblical foundations. So really briefly, 
uh, let's just touch on a few things that we we took from that. The first one, which is sort of the overall kind of basic thing, I guess, is that uh, we need to, before we even consider dating or kind of seeking out a, a husband or a wife, you, we need to know, we need to be grounded in who we are mm-hmm. in Christ. Yeah, you know? absolutely. We need to have our identity and all of that sort of um, the need for companionship, all those different things that kind of needs to be fulfilled in Christ. We need to be totally comfortable in our singleness. I think he talked about that as well, just being comfortable there, uh, just so we're not seeking out a person for the mere, uh, you know, want of someone else to sort of uh, fulfill those needs. Yeah. If you do that, then that can, you can run the risk of putting that other person, basically they become an idol in your life, you know, instead of Jesus fulfilling that, that person, all that expectation goes on that person. And that can really set you up for a lot of discour- discouragement and disappointment yeah, exactly. you know, further into the relationship because th- it's two broken people coming together. Well, exactly, right? And that's why I think it's really cool. At the end of the podcast, Grant, um, you know, I asked him, like, how does the gospel, you know, help heal those that have been hurt by relationships? And mm-hmm. the truth is that, you know, the gospel heals by showing the the power of Jesus able to come in and kind of in a broken relationship and say, all those needs that you were trying to seek out in this person and they failed you, Jesus through the gospel meets those needs 110%, mm-hmm. like perfectly. Yeah, you know? and so will th- never fail you. And will never fail you, right? Yeah. So, and, so even if you haven't been hurt by a relationship, once you kind of see that all those natural needs that you know humans have are fulfilled through Christ already, so then you can kind of rest, you can rest in that. And then I think there's your starting point yeah. for beginning that relationship. I think it's so easy for young adults to sort of, you know, the whole comparison thing. It's not just a, I mean, sometimes the sin of comparison is just put on women a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Like, oh, women struggle with comparison. Guys struggle with it just as much, mm-hmm. uh, comparing themselves to others, especially in church culture. They'll look around and say, "Who? what guy's doing this? What guy's doing that? And when it comes to, uh, yeah, like, dating and marriage, there can seem to be such a big comparison thing going on. And on d- when people are getting married, what kind of people they are marrying, what kind of families, what kind of th- house, like the house, they're, all those different things all come together. So if we can all just kind of shut away those comparisons, shut our eyes and know that we are in Christ and safe and rest in that, I think that's the starting yeah, point. It'll set you up better yeah, when exactly. you start dating. Yes. You know. So once you start dating, you, know, you had you you had mentioned before the podcast that there was something that you what you caught you listened to from Grant that, you know, inspired you to Yeah, well what he talked I mean, he was talking about like establishing friendship. And I think like that's one thing that we were blessed, you know, to have had before. Right. Because I didn't date around a lot before you, but um, I had another relationship before and and we didn't have a friendship. So it was kind of like, it just got really like deep and intense really fast. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, not every story you're going to be friends for four years before you start dating. That was, that was our story. But, but still like it just, when you can establish a friendship with someone and hopefully it is within a group of believers, like Mm -hmm. Grant was talking about, whether it's your, your young adults group, or if it was in your, in your youth group back, you know, a couple years ago or whatever. um, Yeah. It's like, you already kind of have like a a biblical friendship framework to kind of work with right. yeah, exactly. which sounds funny but yeah, no it's good but you you've kind of like established you know some you've already established you know these relationships yeah already right so um yeah i think that's like really cool it's looking for biblical friendship 
as right. Grant said, Biblical not friendship. just like, I need to find a wife or I need to find a husband. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you get kind of caught up in that. Yeah. And, uh, in that search. And uh, obviously we could talk hours on, yeah. you know, because there's a there's lot so there, especially, especially since it's not uh, perfectly laid out in yeah. the Bible. Uh, we only have principles from the word that enable and help us, you know, know what we need to be kind of doing and what we need to be believing in regards to relationships and everything like that. But we could talk hours because there's so many ways that the principles that Grant was talking about could apply to everyone's life. But we're, I'm really excited for next week when some of those practical questions, questions like, you know, uh, how long should I be alone with mm. my girlfriend or boyfriend? When should I start talking about marriage? You know, and some couples, uh, you know, they get together before they're Christians and maybe one becomes a Christian. What does that person do? Some of these questions that we all kind of want answers for, uh, we're going to, Grant's going to be addressing those questions next week. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that. It's going to be awesome. Um, but unfortunately we have to cut this one short because <laughs> we're already going so long. Anyways, so that kind of wraps up the end of podcast. If you want to, uh, to our listeners, if you guys have some questions of your own, um, we would love for you to ask them. So you can email us at info at indoubt.ca. You can message us on our Facebook page, on Instagram, on a random photo there, or even on Twitter. You can tweet us. Just ask questions. We want to take those and we want to help and we want to be able to give just, you know, we want to have a conversation, a dialogue about it. Anyways, that wraps up the Indo Podcast. I'm Isaac. I'm Brittany. And this is the Indo Podcast Show. The In Doubt Podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's Young Adult Ministry, In Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.